not really. Okay, hey, I've got, uh, and, and he will not like this, so I have a special guest here tonight. I have an old friend of mine, his name's Nathan Mace. Nathan, stand up for me for a second. Stand up, it's okay. Stand up, this is Nate Mace. Everybody turn around and say, hey, Nate. <laughs> Sit down, Nate. Okay, Nathan was a youth, in my youth group at my very first camp. He was in the seventh grade. The very first year we ever did lip syncs, he was in, I think, Hakuna Matata as Simba. It means no worries. And he was incredible. He nailed it. It was like it, I had tears streaming down my face when I saw him do it. He was, he was a little bit smaller than he is now. He was, he was about two foot nothing at the time. But, uh, but so, so it's, it's really cool. He's, he's in town. Uh, and uh, and you, you can make it to adulthood. There's proof. Even being in my youth group, you can make it to adulthood. He's slightly an adult now, right? So everybody say, welcome, Nate. Welcome, Nate. Very good. Very good, you weirdos. Okay, um, anybody have any look at God moments from this week? I'm not going to ask you to stand up and share. I just want to know, did you have any where something good occurred and you went, ha, ha, look at God. That's what I want you to do. Give God the praise and gr- gr- gratitude he de- deserves. Um. Anyone here ever have a crazy dream? Yeah, yes. Who, who here dreams like weird stuff, right? Okay, hands down. Um, dreams are funny. Dr- dreams can be re- really good where you wake up and you're like, oh, let me just go back to sleep. Let me go back to sleep and get back to my dream. Let me find it. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but you can get back to, dream, to, to sleep and you jump back into your dream, right? Do you ever have that dream that is horrific and you just are st- trying to get out, and you wake up thinking, is that a dream? Is that a dream? I mean, someone has died. Something bad has occurred. Have you ever had that? No? As you age, you will, but um, just because life is mean. Um, I had one. We had the Super Bowl at our house uh, and just had a couple of youth there on Sunday night, and it was a little bit crazy, Uh, and so I had crazy dreams that night when I went to sleep, uh, probably because of the, the Super Bowl, and I thought, ooh, I've got to share this with the youth group, but within about 15 minutes of when I woke up, I was like, what was that dream again? Right? Did you ever have that? The, you know, the dream just doesn't quite stick. You go, oh, I know it was really good. And now I've, I've, I had a feeling of what it was. I have no clue what it was. But what's been really weird for me is I don't dream often. I might dream every couple months. And I've dreamed every night this week. I mean, the, 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 the Super Bowl night was, was weird dreams. The next night was a bad dream where folks were dying all over the place. And the next, the next dream night was p- people were coming back to life. Uh, uh, so it was pretty cool. But I somehow remember parts of them, but not a whole lot about them. Do you know, have you heard the myth? Do you know, and th- they say it like it's a fact, that if you're in a dream and you die in your dream, then you will really die? There's no way to prove that. You're dead if you die in your dream, and no one can say, oh, see, I died in my dream. So, so when someone says that, because people say that, and you're like, you're smoking crack. I mean, that's not right. That's, that's not the way that we don't talk that way right here. Um, who wrote the book of Daniel? And who was the king who overtook Israel and Judah? Okay, Nebuchadnezzar. Good. And how old was he in chapter 1 with his friends around? 15, 16. How old is he in chapter 2? 18 or 19, so he's around your guy's age, so he's not very far removed like, like I am. Now, this book is known as a prophetic book. 
Okay? There's a, lot of, there's a, a story that we've been trying to work through, but there's prophecy in there where it talks about the future and how things are going to be. And I want you to keep this in mind. Whenever you encounter prophecy in Scripture, there's always mystery with it. If someone says, I can clearly tell you exactly everything that's going to occur here, be wary of them. Because there are things in here that we just can't all completely understand or get right. So just be careful when you're looking at prophecy. Uh, Where we're at today, uh, the consensus of scholars agree in a lot of it on what it means but there's a part at the end that they're sort of unsure about. And so I'm not going to teach it like it's fact. I'm going to teach it like I'm not really quite sure what this part means. Okay, cool. Yeah? You sort of with me? Okay, Daniel chapter 2, verse 28 says this. And this is where we left off. There was a, the king had a bad dream. He wants to kill all the, the wise men because he wants them to tell him what the dream was and interpret the dream. Do both things. If they don't, he'll kill them all. Daniel hears about this, says, hold off, king. I will interpret it for you. He goes to his friends. They go to God and say, God, we need your help. We can't do this. God shows in a vision to him that night what the dream is. He goes, he's now, uh, uh, goes before the king, says, I'm going to tell, tell, tell you what it is. In verse 28, he says, this isn't from man. Man can't do this. In verse 28, where he finished last week, he said, but there's a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head as you lay in bed are these. Finally, we've been in this dream world for two weeks, and we're finally going to see what the dream was and what the dream meant, and look at how does that impact you and I today. Are you ready? Are you sure? I'll take one. I got a yes, sir, there. That was nice. We've got um, uh, a student that's going to read part of the Scripture for us, it's Tegan Rooney. Tegan, come on down. Do do we need a a microphone? I think you might. Dalton, you got us us power? Yes, he does. Wow, that's got power. Okay, so listen, we're going to stand in honor of God's words. We read this first part just to remind us we're reading the word of God, and it's holy. So beginning in verse 31 to verse 38. Follow along on the screens if you need to. Your master looked, and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the feet of iron, the silver, and the gold were all broken to pieces and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace. But the rock that struck the statue became a steep mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream, and now we will interpret it to the king. Your majesty, you are the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands he has placed all mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds of the sky. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them all. You are the head of gold. All right, let's pray together. Dear God, just show us where you want us to go with this tonight. God, we ask for you to move in this place. Uh, God, we need you here, uh, and we thank you for the gift of your son. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. All right, have a seat. All right, where are we going to go with this cray, 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 crazy dream? Now, I want you to watch this one-minute vid- video. Someone has CGI'd sort of what the dream would have looked like, at least the statue itself. And there might be some music with it that's sort of Middle Eastern weird. I don't know what it is. Big statue. It said that he was frightened when he saw it. It was bright, shining. You see right there, the head was gold. Uh, then the, the arms and the, and the chest were sil- silver. And then you go down to the waistline. And the thighs were bronze. That's, they got my abs in this uh, right there. <clears throat> I, I had to hold that pose forever, too. <clears throat> and then it says that his legs were, 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 were iron. Okay, made of iron. All different met, metals, and there's a point to it, which we're about to see. Did, did, didn't use my legs. My legs are a little more muscular. And it says the feet are a mixture of iron and clay. Okay, so they're, they're strong, but they're sort of brittle. Uh, so it's, a, it's clay and iron mixed together. So it's not like pure iron, which is very strong. It's, it's, it's sort of, you can see it's there, it's sort of cracked and weak. All right, so what does he say the gold head is that we've just read? Nebuchadnezzar, right? He says, this is you and your ki- kingdom is the gold, gold head. Now, Understand this, is gold a hard metal or soft metal? So, okay, we know it's a very soft metal. And, and, and so even when you, you look at this, the types of metal that were used indicates the kingdom it's talking about. Each part of it is talking about a kingdom and a ruling group. One is ruling right now, that's the head, the gold head, which is a soft metal. But it's worth, gold is worth a lot or a little? A lot. I mean, that gold head would be like money, 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 right? And, and so... Um, uh, there's a picture that I think of, of okay, so that's it. Is there a picture of Bab- in Babylon, like some gardens and some, some th- this is a, a depiction of what Babylon looked like. I think I've got it, okay? Extravagant, very, very rich. This is, this is where Dan- Daniel and, the, and his friends came and lived, okay? So it's very rich, well-off, looked extravagant, okay? Uh, so, um, but this empire only ruled from six, about 608 uh, B.C. to 530 B.C. And then it was conquered by what the, the text says in verse, uh, look at verse 39. Do I have that on the screen? No? Of course I don't. Ah, sorry, I've got to turn here in my Bible because I'm not prepared. Someone read verse 39 for me. Go ahead. Okay, so we hear after the gold gold kingdom, he says another one is going to come. It's a silver king 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 kingdom. Are y'all good? Yeah. Hey, hey, are y'all good? Put the phones away. Silver king, king kingdom. Okay, not worth as much as gold, right? What is stronger, silver or gold? Silver, a little bit stronger. And so we learn in, even in this book, in, in historical accounts, in 530 B.C., ba- the Babylonians are, are conquered by the Medes and, and the per, 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 Persians. 
Okay, he takes them over, and the kingdom is gone. This is a new one that will reign. But they rule for about, let's say, two hundred years, and they're conquered. Now, this stuff is being written. This dream is done. 200 years, 300 years before it actually occurred. He says, the kingdom that reigns next, they're not going to reign for long. And then the, the bronze, which is the, the waste, is, is the Greek empire. Have you ever heard of Alexander the Great? Right, right? He, he's got a quote that says this. At age 33, he's quoted as saying, are there not any more worlds for me to conquer? So each of these were the world empire at the time. They were the greatest ruling part of the world at the time. Babylon at first, the Persians and, and uh, uh, the Persians and the Medes next, and then the, the Greeks third. And the Greeks ruled until about 168 BC. And then there's a little small place you've probably never heard of called Rome. And the the Romans and the the Romans were the iron known for iron because they were they were not always rich and, and full of, of wealth in the way they lived, but they would come in and they would wipe everything out. And if you look at these maps, look at I've got like maps and you're gonna to have to jump a couple of them. Do 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 the first map. This is the map of the Empire of Bab, 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 Babylon. Then you see the map of the Medes and the Persians, a little bit bigger. Then you can see the map of, of Greece, and it's, it's, it's bigger. We're, we're, we're pulled out from, from, from the last screen. And then you can see the map of, of Rome. The, Rome is a lot bigger than the first one, right? I mean, the, the, the first one was just sort of this area right here. And Rome, that is how big their empire got. <clears throat> and um, now this is where everybody agrees that those kingdoms are referring to those those four ruling groups of the world. Where it gets dicey is, okay, it says that the feet are made of clay and iron. So the Roman Empire in 476 AD was sort of split up into kingdoms. It was still Rome, but it was sort of split up. And so they think it may refer to that. Or it's some countries in Europe, some think, some say, I don't I'm not for it. It's the European Union. Oh, that's who they're talking about, who are the ten toes that are made of iron and clay, that are brittle. They look strong, but they're not strong, made of weak kings and strong kings. We don't really know where that lies at this point. But this is what it says in verse 44. This is the most important part. Hang with me here. It says this, And in the days of those kings, the God of, of heaven will set up a king, kingdom that shall never be destroyed. Nor shall the kingdom be left to another pe- people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. Just as you saw that a stone was cut from a mountain by no human hand that was broke in pieces, the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, a great God has made known to the king what shall be after this. The dream is certain, and its interpreta- interpretation is Sure. So this is what he says. We see that big stat- statue. Put, put one, one of those up of, of the whole. And it says that a rock that is carved not of human hands is cast at the feet. It busts the feet and the statue disintegrates. It falls in on itself and it becomes like, 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 like chaff. It comes like, like dust and dirt in the wind that will just blow away and it will be gone forever. 
So it says, of all these great, were those big kingdoms in our world? Those were huge. Rome was huge, right? What the power that it had was huge. And it says, nothing compares to what the kingdom of God is. So the question is, what's the stone? Okay, so what does what does all this stuff mean? You know that in the Old Testament, hang with me a little bit more, and we're going to jump jump through these hoops. Jewish people were made right b- before God. How? How if you were Jewish? How 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 were you in right relationship with God? By sacrifices. sacrifices of of humans, of what? Animals. A- animals okay. Okay, and, and putting their faith in a Savior to come to. What else did, did they do? They had to keep in righteousness. They had to live a righteous life along with sacrifices because they couldn't live it completely, right? But they had to be righteous in obedience to God. They had to seek after God. There were these things that they had to do. And all of a sudden, God does a game changer in the whole deal. And that's what the stone is talking about. That all of a sudden, in the middle of the Roman Empire, things changed. The kingdom of God began. How did the kingdom of God begin? Have you ever played a game with with someone when they changed the rules? Did it drive drive you nuts? Right? I, I, I won't say who. I've got some relatives of mine that we used to play Mexican dominoes. And um, this is the way I believe. When you have a game, you set up rules at the start, and if it's your house, you sort of more make the rules, and that's okay. But all of a sudden, we were playing this game, and they started changing the rules, right? And I was like, ah! And there was World War Twelve, and we've never played the Mexican dominoes again, and everything's been great, right? So game changers can be bad, but game changers can also be good. And what you had to do with sacrifice and obedience to being right relationship with God, God does a change with this rock. In verse 34, it says this, a rock cut out not from, from human hands, which means what? It's from God. Okay, a rock from God will hit the statue and, and totally obliterate it where it is no more. And then it says that rock will grow and become a mountain that envelops the whole earth. Okay, and this is sort of the, the kingdom of God. And you're thinking, are you sure the king just didn't have, like, chili cheese fries for dinner the night before? Because this is just crazy. This is what the stone is. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but shall have everlasting life. Jesus comes into the scene at 2 B.C. or 3 B.C. He's born, and he dies on a cross around 30 A.D. He comes in the scene. And this changes everything. The game that of obedience and righteousness by living to the law and animal sacrifices to me, right? And you're, you're only going to do this if you're Jewish or you're, you're grafted into the Jewish pe- people. Jesus changes everything. He says, you can't make it. You can't do it on your own. Animal sacrifices really aren't enough. They're a substitute. But is a dog's life worth a human's life? Some of you would go, yeah, no, it's not. A cat? No, definitely not. <laughs> Sorry for cat lovers. But still, it just doesn't equal each other. It's got to be a, a human sacrifice to pay for the human debt. That's the right thing, and that's what Jesus did. In Romans 5, 8, it says, For God 
so demonstrated his own love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That while we were still sinners in rebellion, running against him, he died for us. Psalm 118.22 says this, okay? And there's countless scripture that talks about Jesus being the rock, okay? And I just want you to, to see this. It says I, 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 in verse 21-22, I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Now, this is a, a verse that is found in Psalms 118, but verse 22 is quoted in Matthew 21, 42, and you can put this list up, Mark 12, 10, Luke 20, 17, 1 Peter 2, 7, and Acts 4, 11, and every time it's referring to Jesus Christ. This same one is quoted all those times. 1 Peter 2, 4 through 8 says this, As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, that's who, who Jesus was, the living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I'm laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, for those, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builder rejected has become the cornerstone. It's become what you base everything else on. It is what, where everything starts. This is where the kingdom of God starts, is the cornerstone. And it says, and, it, uh, uh, and a stone, it, the stone that the builder rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stum- stumbling and a rock of offense. One thing is true about Jesus wherever you go. The name of Jesus is going to do two things. People will embrace it, or it seems like they're going to hate it. The more you talk about what it means to you, they're either going to fall into line, they might be interested for a while and, 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 and maybe draw near to God and, and, and come to, to Christ, or they hear it and go, oh, oh, and it's a stumbling block. It's something you stub your toe on when you go outside, and, and it, 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 it's a pain to them. That's, that's where it talks about Jesus being, being the, the stone. Uh, so um, understand this. Jesus is the beginning of the key, key kingdom of God. That, that, and so that when he's interpreting this dream, it's all coming all the way down to Jesus Christ. He's not saying that in the text, but that's what it's pointing to if you look at the rest of Scripture. So we see this great, and that, that changes everything. And that should change things for us. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it should change the way that we live, the way that we think, the way that we act, the way that we talk, the way that we think, the way that we help. It it, it changes everything. And then we see right here the outcome. It says, listen, verse 46. The king, then King Nebuchadnezzar, fell upon his face and paid homage to Daniel and commanded that an offering and incense be offered up to him. The king answered and said to Daniel, Truly your God is, is God of gods and Lord of kings and revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to re- reveal this mystery. Then the king gave Dan- Daniel high honors and many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole pr- pr- province of ba- ba- Babylon and chief, uh, and chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. And Daniel made a request of the king, and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over his, the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel remained at the king's 
court. Of all this, we've been in for three weeks. The dream, he comes, he tells him what the dream is, he tells him what the dream means. And what he says in the dream is this, hey, your kingdom is going to end. And it's not going to be really long before it does. This great world that you think you have all control over, it's only in your hand because God has put it in your hands. And it's going to be gone from, from your hand soon. And someone else will get it, and they will lose it too. And someone else will get it, and they will lose it too. But the kingdom of God is going to come, and that will never be lost. That's, so that's what he tells this king. And this king does nothing but respect what he says. He doesn't go, well, I'm going to strike you dead because I don't like what you, you said. The king's response is per- pretty neat because in the midst of an evil king, and Nebuchadnezzar wasn't a great king. He was what I would much call an evil, evil pagan king, a lost king. God is glorified. He says in verse 47, Truly your God is God of gods and Lord of lords and the revealer of mysteries. Truly your, your God is it. Do, 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 do we think of God that way? Do we give God that much respect we say we, we do, but do we live like we do? You know, the most amazing thing about the passage isn't that Daniel interprets the dream or tells the king what the dream is. Uh, it's the fact that God would take the time and effort to reveal himself to an e- e- evil, undeserving king. That's what's amazing to me about the passage. It's such a picture of the gospel that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, that he... Even when we're in our sin, he pursues us. We don't get cleaned up and come to Christ. We are nasty. And he, he pours his, shows his love to us, and, and we respond to that in turn. That's, that's what he does. Another great outcome of the story isn't all the wise men in the city being saved, but it's, it's creation worshiping its creator. And even in that small way, the king gives God credit that he deserves. Surely your God is the God of all gods over all kings. You know, the world tells us and tells you and tells me and, and we all buy into it. It's temporary. Hey, temporary. Life is temporary. Live, 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 live it up, right? Got to get spit that phrase out. You all say, you know, how, how long ago was the YOLO like it, Right? One of the dumbest phrases ever. No offense. You're like, but I've got a tattoo, you know. Um, <clears throat> you, know you only live, live, live once. Here now. Do what you want to do. It's all about you. Uh, because once you're gone, you're gone. It's over. And this world will tell you always, and you, we buy into it, it's temporary. Hey, just go to that party. Do this or that with him or her. Watch this or that. Live for yourself. Money, man. Just get, get the biggest cars and the best house that you can find. That will give you joy. And Because once, you, once you, you die, you're gone. It's over. And the Word of God tells us you're not temporary. You're eternal. The kingdom of God is eternal. You're not running out of time. But choices we make right now has eternal consequences for your life. There's a... A couple groups here um, t- tonight I want to ask uh, as I wrap things up, and that's this. Do you, do you know him? Do you have a right relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, uh, with God through Je- Jesus Christ? Now, remember John 14, 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father 
but by me. He says, he says I, I'm not a way. He says, I am the way. The world goes, oh, he's good, but there's more ways to get to God. There, there's not. There's only one perfect sacrifice, and it's Jesus Christ and him alone. Are you a part of God's family? Do you understand that your sin separates you from God? And do you understand that God made a way for you to be in right relationship with him if you put your faith and trust in, in Jesus Christ, that he died as a sacrifice for your sins and for mine on the cross? Have you ever put your faith in him? The word of God in Romans 10, 13 says, for all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved, right? For all who call on the name of the Lord. Yep, call, call. Now, there might be some of you as well that may, you go, well, I've got faith in, in, in Jesus Christ. Question, are you fo- following him? Are you actively obeying him, whatever he's calling you to do? Now, we fall short. If we ask everybody who's a believer in Christ, do I follow him fully? No. I don't know anybody that gets it all right all the time. But are you striving to follow him, to seek him, to honor him with your life? For some, it's good, you, what, what needs to change is relationships, whether it's friendships or dating relationships, or you feel you have no worth unless you've got a boyfriend or a girlfriend in your life, and God is going, I have made you, I put worth in you, for you are fearfully and wonderfully made with a plan and a purpose. Relationships, sometimes it's friendships that pull us away, or sometimes it can pull us t- towards God. And those are the friendships we should, we should go to. The Word of God says, He who walks with the wise becomes wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Man, I want to be wise. I want to walk with wise. I want to put friends around me that are seeking God. That's one thing. Is, 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 can you all put the books down? There's one thing I love um, about having Nate here tonight. Is Nate is a friend of mine. Uh, he was a youth of mine way back. But 15 years ago or 10 years, Years ago, that relationship changed, and he's become a friend who we have like beliefs in Christ and walk together, and we have, have had talks through the years that are deep and meaningful. And uh, because I, I hang with him, I feel like I've become wiser, uh, and I hope maybe I help him out a little bit sometimes. And, you know, that's important. Relationships are important. Your attitude, man, your attitude is so important with mom, with dad. So important. Reflect Christ. Are we obeying him? There's even some in here that you put your faith in Christ, but you've not been baptized before. You know the, the word of God says once you put your faith in Christ, what, the, one of the next steps of obedience to him is to be baptized. But I will tell you, baptism doesn't save you. That when you are taken into the water and dunked down, nothing is going to change in your life. Baptism is a picture. It's a symbol of what's occurred in your life, that you've died to your sins and you're raised to walk in, in newness of life through Jesus Christ. It's a picture of what he's already done. Why do you do it? Because it, it's, it tells the world, this is what I believe. It's one of the easiest ways for you to shout to the world, hey, my life is in Christ and I want the whole world to know. And where does it start? It starts with the church. And you may be here and you've never been baptized before, but you're like, man, I think I put my faith in Christ. What are you supposed to do? What does God want you to do? I'm, I'm going to ask for all heads bowed and eyes closed as we sort of wrap things up tonight. <clears throat> and you may be here tonight, and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, but you want to know more about it. 
you just want to speak to someone about it, whether it's even tonight or sometime later, but you feel like if that you are still in your sins, if you've never been forgiven for your sins and don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you want to place your faith in him. If that's you, man, I just want you to just look up with me real quick. I won't make you come up here or, or, or come out tonight. I just want you to look up at me, meet eyes with me real quick and down. Okay? Okay. Anybody else? Anybody else? Make sure I don't, don't miss you. Okay, if you look up to me, you keep your, your heads bowed. But, man, I'm going to uh, want to talk to you and uh, my wife or I and uh, just talk a little bit more about it. That's great. If, if you're here tonight and uh, there's an area of your life that, that God is speaking to you about obedience, that you are called to be obedient to him in, uh, that you just want some prayer for. Uh, and uh, even after the service, Michelle will be around here. I'll be up here in the front just to talk or to pray with specific. But if that's you, if there's an area you need to be faithful in that God is calling you to be because this kingdom of God is eternal. It's not temporary. It's eternal. It's going to last forever when everything else fades away. If that's you, look up at me real quick. Just meet eyes with me. Okay? I got you. I see you. I see you. Anybody else? Okay. Gotcha. Raise your hand if I missed you. Okay, dear God, I thank you so much um, for uh, your faithfulness, um, that you love us. God, I thank you that uh, even through crazy dreams that you can speak to us. Um, And uh, God, I just ask that uh, just tonight as students are wrestling or thinking about uh, what it means to follow you and obey, obey you, uh, that you will just give courage uh, for them to, to move and help them to be steadfast, Lord, just to be resolved to follow you no matter what it means or takes. Uh, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. One last thing uh, I want to share. The passage we talked about, can I, I, t- I, t- I, t- I, t- I tell you all this? Um, kingdoms will fall away. They all will fall away, but God's will not. Okay? We put our faith in a lot of things, uh, and we put our faith in the, the government a lot of times. And if you look at the news at any time at this point, and you're like, go Trump or go Biden, go whatever, can I tell you, they will fall away. God's kingdom will not. Do not put your faith in men your faith in God. Get worked up about things that honor God. Don't get worked up about things that honor men. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So don't miss that.